Good afternoon. My name is Jean Horn. I met JR a year ago when I was secretary of the Friday night Crown City meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. This meeting had been in existence for over 20 years with approximately 300 members. At that time, we were unexpectedly faced with an urgent need to find a new meeting hall. I knew this was going to be a difficult challenge to locate a place that could accommodate 300 recovering alcoholics. Through our search, I was led to JR at the First Baptist Church. As I spoke with him, I was so surprised and relieved to find someone with such enthusiasm for and commitment to making our meeting a part of the church's community outreach program. While we were finalizing our rental contract, I also particularly enjoyed JR's sense of humor as we both laughed about the clause that read, Consumption of alcoholic beverages and illegal drugs are prohibited at all times. <laughs> for our meeting, for our first meeting in the new hall, both Pastor Steve and JR came to the podium to personally extend a warm welcome to us. This kind gesture had never happened to our group before. We knew at that moment that we were very fortunate and very appreciative to be included in such a friendly and caring community. In getting to know JR, one time he shared with me that he had had personal experiences with alcoholics. Then and now. I am so glad. That he took the time to mention his insight into alcoholism. Knowing this detail made it all the more touching and meaningful to me that he had worked so considerately to help, it make, to help make it possible for our meeting to continue by being held at this church. And more than that, as you all know, he always did his very best to make us feel welcome and comfortable. We are forever grateful to JR for the role that he played in the future success of the Friday night Crown City meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. We will miss him dearly. Our hearts and our prayers go out to JR's family and friends. Thank you, each one uh, who has shared, uh, Jenny and David and Corey and Carrie and Jean and uh, Pastor James. This is a little bit unusual, but uh, they've uh, done a great job of giving us glimpses into the life of JR. And before or as Bill comes to sing, why don't we give him a round of applause and just break the moment of it. Thanks. Thanks.
I really just got to know Jr. recently. I saw him roaming around the church with all this energy, but I never really had a chance to talk to him or connect with him. At our last uh, sunrise service, mm. Yeah. He asked me to perform a monologue he had written detailing the resurrection. At first I resisted, but then uh, I thought better of it and agreed to do so. We had a very short amount of time to prepare it. We had about a week to get it together. And so we got together one time prior to that Easter Sunday morning, and, uh, and I performed the monologue for him, and he said, uh, that's very nice. I have just a few notes for you. Well, five pages later, <laughs> and after I woke up, <laughs> I realized this man had so much energy, so much commitment. And it wasn't about his words. It was about this opportunity to reach others for Christ. I was honored to be a part of that. Well, that sunrise Sunday morning, after we finished our piece, he gave a, um, his testimony. And it was the first time I had heard it. And the thing I admired about him was that it was real. It was honest. It was gritty. I like real, honest, and gritty. As Christians, sometimes we get caught up in platitudes. We lose sight that it's important that we be real in order to connect with those who are lost. J.R. had that gift. My knowing him was brief, but effective. His time here at this church was brief, but effective. And the kingdom of Christ, brief, but effective. I can imagine him saying something like this. Are you weak and heavy laden? Come but with a world of care. Precious Savior, he's your Thy friends despise, forsake thee. Oh, take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you. Thou will find a solace there. There was one time where we had this huge event going on and it was over in our gymnasium in the next building and 
Unfortunately, the sound system blew out. All the mics were on the fritz. And it was just a disaster. We only had like half an hour before everyone was going to come into this big meeting. We had to move all the sound system stuff and all the mics into this sanctuary here. And it was hard for me to keep up with him. It was amazing the, the energy that he had and the passion that he had for ministry. His humility also struck me. I told him one time, JR, I think you're doing a great job here. And he said, you know what, Carrie? My whole life has led me to this point. My whole life, all the jobs that I've had, all the experience that I've had, God's led me to this point to be the minister that I am. I'm never going to forget the minister that J.R. was and the example that J.R. was to me as a minister. Hear the word of the Lord, which J.R. loves so much. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. God has a sense of humor. It's a privilege to have known Sherry and J.R. and served the Lord here at First Baptist together for these past less than two years. I think what I have to say to you is very important, and I hope you listen carefully, because I literally believe that for one or two or maybe all of us, we could walk out of here never to be the same. So please uh, pray with me as we share. But before I do that, David... Where did you go? Thank you. I couldn't help but think of God's sense of humor as you were sharing because J.R. came here and one of the, there were many things for which I was hopeful in the future about J.R., but one of them was simply to educate me a bit about movies. I grew up without a TV and not going to movies, and I didn't even understand your Liza Manella story and why everybody laughed. <laughs> so if you will explain it to me afterwards, I would appreciate it. You can imagine what J.R. must have said to Sherry every day when he came home. Steve, what? 
One month ago, on Friday, May the 5th, at our regular meeting time, J.R. came to my office and I said, uh, we're not going to meet here today. We're going to go down and see Ralph DeSimone. He was a he was a member of our church and has served here many years, and he was in the hospital. So I said, get your Bible and be prepared to read a scripture as we go visit Ralph at Glendale Adventist Hospital. We got in the car and drove down there and walked into Ralph's room, and he was laying on his right side looking out the window and didn't see us come in. But after we walked around to that side of the bed, he was obvious, obviously in great discomfort, and he said, Pastor, J.R., it's good to see you, but please excuse me. I have got to sleep. I, I just can't visit right now. And I could tell he was miserable, but he was very apologetic. He'd, and I said, Ralph, I'm glad you said something. We can go right now. We'll, we'll be praying for you and uh, see you uh, again. We assured him that it was fine for him to uh, be direct, and we left. J.R. and I went back to the entrance of the Adventist Hospital, and I suggested, let's step into the chapel and pray, and so we did. And as we sat down there alone in that tiny little chapel, I said to J.R., why don't you read the scripture you had chosen? And so J.R. did, and we spent probably a half an hour there. He read the scripture, we prayed at length, and then talked a bit. I can't find the right word. Ironic doesn't seem adequate when I say that it's ironic that now both Ralph and J.R., are with the Lord. J.R. loved the Psalms, and that Friday, exactly one month ago, he read Psalm 20. And I took note because I thought it was odd. I had never used that particular Psalm when visiting someone sick or in the hospital. You have the Psalm on the back of your worship folder. I would like for us to read it now, and you've been seated a while, so why don't you pull your worship folder out and stand up with me I'm going to read the first verse, and I'd like you to respond by reading the second verse, so I'll go through reading the odd numbers, and you'll read the even-numbered verses. Please hear the word of the Lord. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. Let's read that last two lines together. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. Please be seated. This psalm has been called by some the national anthem for Jews. Others call it a psalm for the day of trouble. In the common book book of prayer, it's called a time for war and tumult. Psalm 20 and 21 actually go together like a diptych. It certainly is a war psalm, meaning that before Israel would go out to war, they would use this psalm and Psalm 21 
in an order of worship, asking God to help them and give them victory. It is a cry for help. While those names for the psalm are certainly accurate, after this week I have a new name. One that I've already written into a Bible that I use frequently. You know what I wrote in there, don't you? The J.R. Psalm. It'll always be, for me, now, the J.R. Psalm. We miss J.R. A laughable, loving light has gone out of our lives. And sometimes we cry as we think about what has happened. We are in pain. Sherry, our heart especially goes out to you. As you look around, please know that every person here is not just here to celebrate the life of J.R., We're here to say we love you, and we stand with you, and we will continue to stand with you. And our hearts go out to Ralph and Rosemary, who are up north. They cannot be here today, his parents. J.R. was so looking forward to seeing them this summer. I prayed with Rosemary just a few moments before the service began. She spent the last few days, pulling out all the cards and letters she's received from J.R. over the years and the expressions of love. Now, it may seem strange to read a war psalm in a moment like this, but would not every one of you agree with me that warfare is a part of our life? Each one of us has our own personal battles to face. Speaking of the faithful people of God, the Bible says our struggle, or we could say our warfare, is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of evil. As we read Psalm 20 today, we can read it as our cry for help. Our hope is that the king in whom we believe will bring victory. Sherry, I want to pick up on one word in the psalm. The word is N-A-M-E, name. In the first verse, the second line, it says, The name of the God of Jacob protect you. Sherry, it was just about two years ago, probably almost exactly, that you were finalizing plans to leave Las Vegas and move to Southern California. J.R. quit the Blue Man Group. By the way, I never was sure how to read. Uh, where's Corey? I think he, he always used the Blue Man uh, email. And just a few weeks ago, you changed systems or something. He said, I'm losing my blue man email. He wasn't happy about that. But uh, he left blue man group. You left your school. You packed the cars and the dogs and set out for a journey. J.R.'s mom, Rosemary, told me over the phone some days ago that when J.R. talked to her about this decision, and his parents, of course, parents are always a little dumbfounded when children of any age quit their job. And no matter the age, they were a little concerned. But J.R. said to her, Mom, I'm so full of God and Jesus, I have to do this. When David says the name of the God of Jacob protect you, David was thinking of Jacob's journey. For Jacob, too, too had set out from home on a journey. Now, the circumstances were different. He was running for his life. He was a mama's boy. And his troubles were different. But it was a journey nevertheless. And all people who set out on journeys for any reason have the same fears. 
When you set out on a journey, you wonder, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be all right? What will it be like in the new place? I wonder, is where's God in all of this? What's my future? And no doubt you carried those concerns as you trekked south from Las Vegas. Well, Jacob one night pillowed his head on some stones, a recipe for a nightmare, and he dreamed. And in the dream, God came to him. It's the latter story. And he said, I am, quote, I am the God of your father Abraham and your father Isaac. I am with you and I will watch over you. And Jacob named the place Bethel, house of God. God met Jacob on his journey. And Sherry, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God of Jesus and the God of Mary and Martha and many others, the God of J.R., is with you and will watch over you. The psalmist said, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. And he will. In pagan religions, there's a lot of superstition about names. They're seen as being magical. Judaism and Christianity, of course, deny that. The name of God is not magic. However, the scripture says God does put his name on his people and act for good on their behalf. When they went forth into the battle, they went in the name of the Lord, trusting in the Lord to give them victory. And Sherry and each one of us, this is time to look to the Lord and seek protection in his name. Jesus promised that whatever we ask in his name will be done. The apostles began to preach and heal in Jesus' name. They preached that there is no other name under heaven given among people whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus is that important. Sherry, your walk with Jesus began not all that long ago. And yet in these few short years, you have grown as you've served and studied. You've matured spiritually. And I encourage you to continue that walk and to remember that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Seek the God of Jacob and David and J.R. Cling to Jesus and be safe. Every one of us here has an opinion about Jesus, don't we? We either believe or we don't believe. It's one or it's the other. There's no exception. Sherry, J.R. really loved you. Many have mentioned that. When I was talking to Rosemary, she said to me, quote, Jeff was so fortunate to have Sherry. Amen. I recall one day when I came into the office... And uh, to be honest, if I were to reveal my soul, I was quite irritated with J.R. because there he was. Natalie, I don't remember if you were there or not. Kelly was there. He had a whole rapt audience, and he was telling a long story, dramatically, about when he met you. And I think the first date, in fact, Kelly reminded me, I had forgotten a detail or two that I'll continue to leave out, but I think the first date he was a mess. And so uh, there were no sparks that date. I think uh, I, we won't get into the details, but uh, he commented about that in dramatic fashion. And uh, he just wasn't impressed with you. I think he was sure you weren't impressed with him and his behavior. And time went by. I think you were doing a skating show. 
and uh, you were injured or something, and he was just sure, you know, this beautiful young blonde wouldn't show up and she wouldn't perform in the condition she was in or whatever, but you did. He saw a toughness in you. He saw something that he liked, and so I believe it was after the show. You were hurting or something, and he was going to fix your skates or bend down to unloosen your skates and help you out in some way, and he down in front of you, and when he looked up, he had fallen in love. It's not all that different with Jesus. I'm focused today on this idea of the name of God, the name of Jesus, because of J.R. Most of his life, in fact, about 90% of his life, he did not know God as he knew God the last 10% of his life. Sometime around the turn of the millennium, J.R. was talking to one of the girls who was doing a show. She was a rocket from New York City, and she spoke to him about God. J.R. read a lot of philosophy. He was astonished that she would even believe in God. Lots of questions began, lots of comments. Finally, the day came. She said, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Read the book. And she gave him a Bible, and he read it. And one day, J.R. looked up, and he had fallen in love with Jesus. And that's what brings me to this conversation about the name. Do you remember how J.R. prayed? Most Fridays, we began our meetings with prayer. Sometimes I was also irritated, being impatient with the length of the prayers. But we would pray. More to the point, I'm thinking about how J.R. ended his prayers. What I remember is this. J.R. would pray as he told stories. There was a lot of drama. There was a lot of passion. It might go on a while. But you realized that uh, he was talking to his friend. And finally, the pace of J.R.'s conversation would slow down. His voice would drop. And he would conclude in the name, in the sweet sweet name of Jesus. And the way he said sweet, you knew that's what he meant. He was in love. J.R. loved Jesus. Jesus had given him a brand new way of living. Jesus gave J.R. a new heart, a new heart that still beats. J.R. used to say, Steve, if anybody came to my house, you know what I'd do? I'd say, no. he said, I'd turn out the lights, I'd pull the curtains, if they in the door, I'd pretend I wasn't home. I could hardly believe that. I said, why? He said, nobody comes into my house. And it was alluded to earlier. He had one friend, that's all he needed. And so imagine when Pastor James began to say, you're going to open up your house in a small group, Bible study is going to be there. And J.R. said, you mean like people are going to come over? And J.R. told me, James, what he thought about you. He said, this guy's talking to me, and I'm thinking in my mind, what is this guy, stupid? Is he serious? He has no idea. Nobody's coming to my house. But of course they did. And J.R. would sit and look around his living room with people all over there, and he'd say, what are all these people doing here? Jesus had changed his heart, his life. 
So he prayed. He prayed with passion. He prayed like he was talking to someone, a real someone, who meant so much to him. And he would end his prayers in the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Friend, what about the name? Is the name of Jesus sweet to you? Do you know Jesus? Have you been forgiven in the name of Jesus? Do you have a new heart that comes from Jesus? J.R. did. I do. Sherry does. Do you? Why not look up and fall in love with Jesus? He loves you so much. If you remember nothing else today, remember Jesus loves you. What he did for J.R., he'll do for you. So finally, Sherry, may the God of Jacob protect you. May the name of the God of Jacob protect us all. The J.R. Psalm says, Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we trust in the name, the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. I'd like for you to stand with me and let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Please pray with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. No. In the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Please be seated. Earth and heaven 
such a great hope in the Lord and uh, we wanted to end the service and in uh, singing so why don't we rise and we're just going to sing shout to the Lord it's printed in your program in the insert my Jesus my Jesus my Savior Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my 
singing and being here today. Sherry, I'm going to ask you and your family, why don't you go ahead and head up the aisle. I know folks are going to want to greet you. And I'm going to give a benediction, so we'll give Sherry and the family just a few uh, brief time to, to uh, go to the foyer. Off to this side of our property in the courtyard area, we have some refreshments. We'd sure like for you to participate and uh, spend some time with one another, encouraging each other in the Lord. So that's available. Remember, if you have a parking ticket, to validate it so you don't end up paying five bucks. And again, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to worship together, to be strengthened in the Lord. As you go forth, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. Amen.